0: Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Timeline. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man Bill at Super Duper Flex. Bill, how you doing, man?
1: Man, looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's always nice to talk some football. Um, and uh, you know, tomorrow we have another week starting, so. Uh, it just never ends during the season, does it? Uh, it's just constant barrage of news and adjusting and figuring out what you're going to do based on whatever happened this week. And, uh, you know, it's so much fun. It's so much more, like, actionable than, like, the offseason, uh, which might be why we weren't doing really shows during the offseason.
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly. And um, the NFL does it – I think they do it so well because they – you know, you go 18 weeks, you know, doesn't seem like a long time, but you got football on Sunday. You got football on Monday. You got football on Thursday. You're just like, you know, and then if you, obviously if you're fantasy heads like us, you know, we got, you know, we got to set our waivers on, on Tuesday so we could check them out on Wednesday. So, you know, and trade. So, yeah, man, um, NFL does it right. And um, there is, week two, man. We, too, had a lot going on. We didn't think it was going to have a lot going on, but it has a lot going on. Um, I will say um, we should talk about this for a minute or two. We don't have to uh, We don't have to go super in-depth. But before we go to good, bad, and ugly, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the big trade, the big NFL trade. Um, Cam Akers going to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I said in a group chat that I'm in um, that kills two running backs with one move. Um, I don't think Cam Akers is anything.
1: Um, I mean, weren't they already kind of dead?
0: I think we killed them. I mean, they may have been on life support. I think we pulled the plug with that move. Cam Akers was definitely dead. That, we'll that we'll was, find out,
1: right? We're going to find out real quick.
0: We're going to find out real quick. And I obviously, I think. Alexander Madison was on life support and can makers just came in and pulled that plug. So, yeah. Um we got some zombie corpses running around in uh in Minnesota in that backfield, but um thought we'd mention that real quick just in case uh somebody's jumping on and they uh they didn't hear the news. Um
1: So I, I almost wonder if uh what's the head coach in uh Minnesota? Oh god. I'll, I'll look it up, but like, yeah, you know, cause like, he worked for, um, or worked with McVeigh.
0: Right. Um, Everyone
1: did. Everyone has uh, worked with I McVay. almost wonder if he's basically doing, uh, Kevin O'Connell. Um,
0: Kevin O'Connell.
1: Yeah. Almost feels like he was just doing McVeigh a solid by saying, well, we'll just take um, you know, to get them out of your new, you know, get them out of your way and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, um, and by the way, and the fact yeah. that it's conditional sixth to seventh round pick in 2026, I mean, that just tells you. And, and the condition is probably going to be ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, they got the Vikings have to make the playoffs and he has to be on the roster or something. So yeah, it's going to end see. up being like that. The Vikings gave up literally nothing for him. Um, yeah. I, I mean,
0: listen, that that's a true friend because, Bill, I would not take Cam Akers off your hands. And we're pretty you good to take friends.
1: him out of a dynasty team if I had any. No. Nah, nah. nah, We're not that good of friends. Even for free? <laughs> He's not worth the roster spot. You would have to pay me. I wonder what it like I mean, I'll be really interested like in let's say by Saturday to look at uh trade history to see like kind of like what sort of deals are happening. I I mean, the fact that Madison didn't do anything. Right. Um and that it really didn't look like anybody was taking any you know ty chandler really wasn't doing anything um you know it's like i have to think somebody might get excited about acres going there but like i can't imagine like what do you think really the value is like a third rounder or you think like a a playoff third rounder or something like that that? yeah that's like tops for me is like a third
0: rounder and honestly i'm trying to you know if i'm in um if I'm in those, you know, five round drafts, some, some, actually most of the leagues I'm in have five rounds. Like, I'm starting at a five. Like, I, I, I have what's, and it's kind of like you said, is it not even worth the roster spot? Like,
1: I and mean, I, it obviously
0: depends a, on the league, right? Right, but if I'm, let's say I'm a, I'm a contender in a twelve team league. What's Cam Maker RB? six on my team most likely like <laughs> yeah i'll i'll just go get the next guy you know where the starter gets hurt like you know i'll use my cowboys for example tony power goes down all right i'll go out and you know trade for Rico battle like you know that that's kind of like where i'm at with cam Akers. where it's like yeah cool i'll find the next backup somewhere
1: like but if you like in a 16 team league that would be something that he probably is worth Adding just for the depth of, of a league sure. like that. Yeah. For sure. Like, if you, even if it's like a third, late third rounder, that's like 40, pick 40 something. You exactly.
0: Know? You're kind of in that same range. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. A 12
1: team fourth rounder is in that 40s range. Uh, but 60. like in a 16 teamer, I'm not paying like a late second rounder, which would be pick like 32. Uh, no. You know, so I'm not paying that in any league. Maybe a third and a fourth would be the most you would pay. Like, I mean, yeah. If I'm desperate, if I, if
0: I, you know, let's just say I'm in a 16 teamer, I'm a contender. I had Nick Chubb, you know, something like that, you know, a situation like that where I'm like, oh my god, you know, what what do I do here? Or if I'm, you know, if you know, I'm rocking. I was rocking with Kenny Gainwell and feeling good about myself, and now it looks like it's DeAndre Swift who's going to take over for as long as his body holds out. Yeah, situations like that where it's like, all right, yeah,
1: like I'll I'll throw that, you know, that third out there. I would so there. rather Gainwell like, by a mile, I think.
0: I, I agree with you talent-wise. I just I – Yeah, I understand the situation. Like Philadelphia is like New England. Like, yeah. God, you have one running back from that team. You have no running backs from that team. It's just like – because next week uh, – here, I'll put it on the record right now. Week three, I don't even know who the Eagles are playing. Guess what? Boston Scott. 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, it's just, that's what the Eagles are going to be all season. As soon as you think you have it figured out, Nick Sirianni just changes all the questions. And you're stuck. Like, so, um yeah. So, yeah. In a situation like that, get yourself some cam acres. Why not? But um I like, hey, look, I, I love when the chat gets live real quick. It's Rico Suave Dowdle, Josh, respect. He's on my team. I like Rico Dowdle. I'm just saying, like, Cam Akers isn't that Rico <laughs> type of player for me. Like, if if Tony Potter goes down and he springs – you know, same thing. Like, with the – you know, like a Craig Reynolds. Like, we're talking about kind of like Craig, you know Dave Montgomery's hurt a little bit. Craig Reynolds might be a thing for a week or two. Like, that's what Cam Akers is to me. Like, you and you're going to have him on, on your team. You're never
1: going to know when to play. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing, right? Yeah. Um... Like, there's
0: probably going to be a week where everyone goes, uh, oh, you were all over – Cam Akers and he went, you know, for 102 touchdowns and I was like, did you start him? <laughs> Cuz the last 3 weeks he's had like 10 combined carries for 4 yards. Like we're never going to know when that's going to pop off. So yep. that is uh that is our bashing Cam Akers uh segment sponsored by um so why don't we do this, man? Now that we kind of got that little trade out of the way, why don't we get into the good, bad, and the ugly for week two? Oh, you got something?
1: No, nah, I was trying. To, I thought there was another news uh, thing. I couldn't remember, but no, nah, I might be mistaken.
0: That's all good. I, I may be forgetting something. Um, we will. We'll figure it out. We'll. Yeah. We'll do some producing on the fly as people. Yeah, like so I'll look that. Some up. All right. So good, bad, and ugly. Uh, We talked about this last week, we're going to do a little bit different where we're going to just alternate the good, the bad, and the ugly so that all three of us aren't, uh, because we like to talk, we like to get into things, and then the good, bad, and ugly takes, what, 30 minutes? So we're going to try to cut it down so we can get as many questions answered as possible from you guys and talk about the subjects you guys want to talk about. So I'm going to start off, I got the good, and my good for this week is... Daniel, Jeremiah Dimes, more more classically known to the fantasy community, Daniel Jones. Listen, it was bad week one. Dallas pitched the shutout, sacked them seven times. They they led the league in sacks for that week. Um, intercepted them once or twice. It was bad. It was just bad overall for Daniel Jones, and if. You had Daniel Jones on your team. You were like, uh, wait, they paid this guy $160 million? This is not good. And to be honest with you, you fought that through the first half of the Arizona game as well. Um, They were getting beat um, by, I think, a couple scores uh, going into halftime. And Daniel Jones came out, and he cooked. He ended that game 26 of 37 for 321 yards two passing touchdowns and then added another 59 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And that's like th- that's what you want from Daniel Jones. Like you want him to pass it well enough. You don't want him to throw picks or fumble the ball. And you you want that extra juice that he gets on the ground. Like this is like kind of like what you hope most games are for Daniel Jones. I'll say I'm going to rain on this parade a little bit. Giants play San Francisco on Thursday. <laughs> San Francisco is another lights-out defense. Um, I'm sorry if that's your only plan. I'm in. We're in Superflex Army 2 together. I have one quarterback. His name is Daniel Jeremiah dimes I don't know. Listen, I got to play him. It's a super flex league. He's the only quarterback I got. I gotta play him. But I'm 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 not gonna be happy about that result. <laughs> so um, you know, I you know, I put a little fair warning on that, but that's good for this week. He had a he had a hell of a game. We're gonna give him his week two flowers, and we'll see what happens um in, in week three short week against a great defense. Um who do you got as the bad, Bill? Who's bad?
1: So, for the bad, I kind of went with Monday Night Football, like, in general. Like, it was just a rough night, you know. It was just bad offense um, for every team. Um, The defense was solid, but the the quarterback play was iffy um, for all the games, wasn't it? Um, I mean, was Carr the best? Like...
0: I don't even know if he was the best, because it... I don't program. know. about I don't
1: mean about scoring, but just in general, you know what I mean? Like, um, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's a low bar, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, he was he was the best because he out of the four quarterbacks that played
0: on Monday. He's the only one that actually was passable as an NFL starting quarterback.
1: Yeah. That was the bar. And I mean, like he's the only one you had one player, um, you know, for uh, Pittsburgh uh, Pickens did pretty well, but the running backs just ate, you know, away yeah. at each other, basically. Yep. Um, You know, we lose Nick Chubb, which is just a devastating, you know, I like, yeah, I heard this on some other podcasts and I, uh, a coworker and I were talking and it's like, I don't know anybody that really um, disliked Chubb. You know what I mean? Like, like he's just a guy that you can root for. He's like, he kind of reminds me of Barry Sanders now, you know, he just kind of goes about his business. He's one of the best in the league. And, you know, there's just not much to say bad about him. Um, so that was awful. It just, just the whole thing was awful. Like it was just Watson was terrible.
0: Um, Mr. Face mask
1: Pickett was terrible. Um, yeah, it was just young Bryce young was terrible. Um,
0: yeah, he didn't even know where to line up.
1: No, he was literally lined up behind a guard, and uh, Sanders had to push him over to line up behind the center.
0: Twice. He pushed him twice because he still didn't get under the center.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, he's just a little – you you hope that he figures shit out. He looks calm enough, but, like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be anything beyond, like, a, a souped-up game manager maybe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just a rough Monday night. Um, you know, and the, the cherry on top of the rough Monday night was, you know, Chubb, like I said. So, just a bad, bad night.
0: Yeah, to- totally agree. Monday night, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked that on, uh, on X, you know, everyone wasn't talking about Monday night football like they usually talk about Thursday night football. Let's get rid
1: of it. <laughs> yeah, or the uh, Madden curse, right? Like the last three were Hamlin. Uh, DeMar yeah. Hamlin last year, um, then Aaron Rodgers and then yep. uh, Chubb, yeah,
0: like holy hell, man! Uh, yeah, the Monday Night Curse for sure. And it's it's crazy because you know, obviously, you know, we do a lot of dynasty, we try to talk about everything on here, we try to talk dynasty, redraft, all of it, you know, but we, you and I you know, focus a lot in dynasty. And like it's one of these things where man, you know, we love these quarterbacks that get taken at top right, top, top five, you know, usually in the actual NFL draft. We like love them for leagues, you know, especially because we mostly do super flex. But man, like you have to be a like a real special breed to go from that much winning, because usually if you're a top five quarterback, you did a lot of winning in college, to going to a team where some losing is going to happen for, you know, even if it's just a year, you know, where you're just on the worst team in the league the previous year. They're not good at a lot of places. That's why they were the first pick and they took you. And it, it seems like some people have that mental makeup to kind of, you know, get through it and say, I understand this is, you know, this is a process. There's going to be some losing involved, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And then we see some guys were like, they just, they can never get there mentally where, you know, the losing is just too much for them. Cause let's face it, they were great in high school. They were great in college. Losing wasn't really a thing they had to encounter too many times. NFL is a different animal. And, you know, it's just interesting. Just something I was thinking about while you were talking, but we'll get, to the ugly. And honestly, Bill, what you said could have definitely been put in ugly. It was bad. It could have been put in ugly. And I think the, the Nick Chubb injury would have been the reason that it could I mean, that was tipped.
1: literally the ugly. Yeah, That
0: was literally the ugly. Yeah. It could have tipped everything you said into ugly. But I'm just going to go with Jacksonville. I know Josh Jacksonville, that's that's a that's a broad brush. You're absolutely right. It's a broad brush. But Trevor Lawrence, 216 passing yards, zero touchdowns. Guess what? That's not what you want out of Trevor Lawrence. He was what a, a top what five to seven startup quarterback in drafts this year. You're not looking at 216 passing yards. And zero touch That's not what you want from a guy like that. that. That's something you would cheer a Zach Wilson for getting. But that's not something you want from Trevor Lawrence. Um, Travis Etienne. 12 carries. 40 yards. Again, zero touchdowns. 3.3 a carry. That's not good. That is not good. Whoa. Calvin Ridley. Had to do something right. He was he was a beast last week. Two for thirty-two. What? How, how? did we only get that guy two receptions after what he did last week? How? And I. It's funny because I, I love. I do a lot of um, Sunday morning. Uh, I do a lot of uh, you know. I just answer start stick, sit questions. I just answer you know, and. You know, I said on a few questions, I said, your Jags, put them in. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to, you know, you have obviously Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey's back. You have, you know, all the weapons in Jacksonville. And that was a 17 to nine game. Zay Jones, right? Zay Jones kind of showed himself week one monster, right? Zeros all across, no receptions, no yards, you know, now. If you weren't scared off of uh Christian Kirk from last week, he went eleven for one ten. How many people were starting him? Probably probably got scared off a lot after week one. Well, it's gonna be a lot of Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones, you know. And then I will say Evan Ingram, um six for fifty-seven. So if you're playing in those, you know, 1.5, 1.75, two point uh tight end premium leagues he probably got work done i think i think fantasy pros i think it was like uh tight end six uh on the week so but God, jacksonville was just didn't didn't think that was gonna happen um but that's what happened so that that's my ugly for the week um and, uh you know that's week two man that's week two in a nutshell you got your good you got your bad. You got your ugly. And um, we're going to move on to some questions because got a question here. Um, this is from our boy, friend of the show, Justin Roberts. Half of the Hot Sauce podcast. Those guys are um, extremely funny. That's a good podcast if you want to check it out. He has here in Superflex Dynasty. Which QB would you rather rather have, Tua, or Justin Fields? I'm gonna let you go first because this question kind of made my mind explode a little bit. So I want you to go first. I think you're on mute. I think you're on mute, man.
1: Perfect. Okay. um so yeah, I—that's a good question because it's like <laughs> it is. It's all about like you know you kind of go ceiling, but then you like Tua has ceiling, right? Like I mean, he's obviously shown that. Um, but then there's like the health. Um, I mean, I feel like honestly, I feel like Tua has a longer leash than um, than Fields does. Um, like this is a conversation I think we had a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was even last week, um, about how, like, sometimes you have to kind of figure out. Uh, we had this conversation about Justin Fields, actually, um, mm-hmm. where it's like, if things don't go well, there's a chance he's not a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, soon. Um, I think Tua has a job for a while as long as he's healthy. And, um, So, like, I think two is the answer here. Um, I mean, redraft, I would much rather have, but I know the question's for Dynasty, but redraft, I'm totally going Fields um, Mm -hmm. because the risk's not there, right? Right. Um, But, I mean, really, what are you getting for Fields at this moment? Like, it's, um, like, I think a lot of people are afraid to add him. So it's almost like one of those things, it's like, is it is it low enough to where the risk is is um, worth adding him? But if I have the choice between the two, I think I'm probably going Tua um, at this point, um, just because I feel it's a safer pick, and I don't necessarily think that um, the. The uh, ceilings of the two are are grossly different as long as Tua stays in Miami. like granted, if he's in another city, the whole everything changes. but the likelihood of him changing is probably uh, similar to the likelihood of uh, fields being a quarterback uh, you know for six years. so
0: Yeah, um you were talking about what? you know, you'd possibly have to add and, and all that. Um, Ruben Almada actually responds to this question as well. Half of the uh, coast to coast fantasy guys that that's a great podcast too. He um, said, so you better get prepared to add it first to fields to get to a. So here's a, I want to pose this to you in the form of a question like Ron Jeopardy. Who are you taking? If let's just say I send you a deal and I go, Scared about this Justin Fields cat. He's, he's scaring the hell out of me. I would give you Justin Fields and a mid first, and you would then send me your Tua in return. Is thats yeah. that you're doing that, or are you saying, I don't know about that yet?
1: I'm doing that. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't feel like the. I mean, there's still risk involved with Tua. So to be able to buffer it with a mid first um that i can use to add like a another quarterback if i need to like i mean it's not gonna cost any more to get Jared goff or somebody like that you know what i mean so you right. could um if you need to you could still use that pick for a quarterback or you can use that to you know build up another part of your team so i, I think I, I almost think like that'd be i wouldn't even flinch at that offer personally yeah. cool I wanted to ask you, see, because I saw that and I said, yeah,
0: you know, that's you know, I don't think that's crazy, you know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's nuts, depending on you know where, you know where your team is at. Um, So
1: I I just pulled up the Fields trades. Um, Yeah. Here's the four trades for Fields and um, that has happened since yesterday, or all happened yesterday. Okay. Uh, Amon Ra for Fields. Um. Diggs and a first for Fields and Burks. Okay. Fields and Hunter Henry for Brees and Allen Robinson. <laughs> and Fields, Cam Akers, and Kadarius Tony for Derek Carr, Dobbins, and Michael Thomas in two firsts. So you hear that last one again. Okay. Carr. I'll take out the reference. Dobbins yeah. and Michael Thomas and then two firsts for Fields, Acres, and Tony. Figure Acres and Tony, it rules out Dobbins and Mike Mike Thomas. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. So then you got Carr and two firsts, a 24 first and a 25 first for uh, Fields. That's a more interesting one, actually. If I
0: could get If I could get that hole for Fields, man. I'm out. You talk to me later. <laughs> yeah, I
1: feel like that one's a good trade for the field side, but I feel like the other ones, like, I mean, Fields has definitely dropped in price. You know, like, oh yeah. I mean, we're like Brees for Fields, basically. Um, Digs in a first for Fields and Burks, like. Yeah. I mean, that I
0: might on some of my rebuilds, I may have to go field time and just see what's doing because the uh, price seems lower endless uh, if i if i crap i crap whatever you know sometimes you roll craps but you know
1: um like there's some super flex leagues where i have like uh four you know four starting quarterbacks yeah like it might make sense to maybe make an offer of two of my my lower quarterbacks for fields, you know what I mean? Yeah, and see yeah. like if something like that can happen or, or one of those quarterbacks plus a wide receiver, which I typically have a lot of mm-hmm. um, for fields or something like that. Like um, maybe, maybe there's some, something there. And like Jesse says in the chat, just one big week with fields, everybody's going to think he's back and yeah. um, you know, you'll be able to flip them uh, for more. So yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's totally what I would try to do, I think. Yeah. Um, Uh, Oh, for sure. Um, And it took a while for him to heat up last year. So, I mean, I feel like the defenses are adjusting to him a bit. So, like, I don't necessarily know he's going to come back and do, like, what he did last year. But, like, there's a chance that he warms up and um, has a a few weeks stretch where he's looking like the old fields.
0: So this this question blew my mind for
1: for
0: a bunch of reasons, but first of all, I, I've always been low, low on Tula and it, a lot of it has been injuries, but obviously, you know, they drafted Waddle, then they get Tyreek Hill and, you know, I think most Guys that are starting right now, if they have those two guys in in on the field, it's going to obviously help. I mean, talent helps no matter where it's at. Um, loved fields from the beginning. Oh, my God. Chicago Bears. I, I'm sure you heard all the hoopla today. You know, just Fields says, you know, coaching, and then has to come back and kind of walk it back a little bit. Why, is, you know, why are you struggling coaching? But as ownership, you spend some capital to get him, right? You spend two firsts and some other picks to get Justin Fields. You have Matt Nagy in the house. You realize quickly that he's not that dude. You fire him, right? Why are we not getting a offensive mastermind Or a perceived offensive mastermind. We we go with a defensive coach. Then we like. Don't get the guy any offensive linemen. (laughs) We don't get the guy any weapons. Until they trade for DJ Moore. Like. I mean it just seems weird. It seems like. Buying a Ferrari. And then just putting. Regular gas. And you know, standard snow tires on it. And it's just like, and listen, maybe if he had all that stuff, he would still stay. That's a possibility. Like, I'm not sitting here saying if he had all this stuff, he would be great. But my goodness, I mean, not putting your guy in a position to succeed, it, it just, like, blows my mind where it's like, we're not even going to try to help him out. We're just going to be like, all right, Justin, like, you're going to have to run for your, uh, run for your life. And not throw to anybody and good luck.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, and also like the fact that he's obviously not, um, he's not necessarily a great processor. Right. So you, you, you need to like fortify a line. I mean, that's why he was so successful at Ohio State, because he had a line that, um, could give him six seconds, (laughs) you know? Right, Right. And, um, so, like, that's a reason why, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends from Chicago, so they were all, like, just beating their chest, like, you know, how did you guys let him drop, you know? And, well, maybe we've, we're seeing why, you know, now. And yeah. he's just not a good processor um, of defenses and things like that. And that's why he gives up so many sacks. Um, yeah. Just because he holds on to the ball so long because that's what he did in college. So, uh, but – this is your third year in the NFL now, bro. You know what I mean? You need to start like you, there's gotta be something on you at some point um, to be able to adjust um, or improve yourself. You know, like I, we were talking at work today a little bit about this in general, just like comparing him to Hertz and, Like Mm. Hertz played, you know, at two universities with multiple different offensive coordinators. So he was always learning new systems. And so he learned how to adjust and kind of figure things out and, you know, work on different, different styles of game. Well, Fields never had to do that. You know, he was at uh, Georgia, then he didn't win um, the job. So he goes to Ohio state and then he plays behind, you know, all he's got to do is stand back there and pick defenses apart. Um, and he had maybe elite,
0: Sorry, I was just going to say, and he had elite weapons. I mean, he had JSN. He had uh, Garrett Wilson. He had Chris Olave. And, you know, yeah, like, and that's probably why they say quarterback is, is the hardest position to evaluate because it's, more mental than it is physical. I mean, yes, obviously, you need, I can't go out there no matter how mentally strong I am and be an NFL quarterback. But, you know, we see this like a, a guy like Jalen Hurts, who it's just like documented, you know, how mentally tough he is, what, you know, how self aware he is, where he goes, All right, I stunk at this last year. During the offseason, this is what I'm working on and whatever that thing is, and he just works on it to the point where, you know, he either is fine or good at it once the offseason is done. And we're not seeing that. And I'm not saying Justin Fields isn't in the lab trying to improve himself during the offseason, but we're not seeing those improvements, you know. and I don't know if you saw the one clip where – it looks like they're on maybe the 15 or 20 yard line on their side. They're they're driving. They're trying to get to, you know, they're trying to score a touchdown. Um, and there's a guy to his right who's kind of, kind of like a shallow slant route. He is wide open. If Justin Fields hits this guy, that guy is running into the end zone untouched. I mean, wide open. And he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. And then he finally just takes the ball, ducks and runs with it and gets like maybe a yard, maybe two yards. And I mean, this, I mean, this dude, you know, you always hear like nobody gets that wide open in the NFL. This guy would have had a, you know, 15, 20 yard touchdown. Untouched. And and it's like you said, it's the processing. It's like, And that's why I think sometimes, too, like I harp on all the things that Justin Fields doesn't have. Because I think, you know, if you look at a guy like Sean McVay, you know, even you know what? Let's let's not use Sean McVay because I was going to bring up Jared Goff. But let's bring up Ben Johnson in Detroit, the Detroit offensive coordinator. I think a lot of times he's watching films on defenses and he's going to Jared Goff and he's saying, listen, they play a cover two. They play a cover two shell. whatever the case may be. Listen, these are the plays that we're going to beat it with. This is where you're going to see openings on this play. Amon am going to do this. And you're going to hit him seven yards. He's going to be wide open and we're going to, he's going to take it for 30. You know what I mean?
1: And and I mean, there's did. definitely haves and have nots when it comes to like uh, forward thinking, you know, yes. coordinators. totally. And, okay. you know, you and can kind of see that it's like, it's almost like a joke a little bit. Like, right. um, you know, when you compare some of the guys and um, you know, it's interesting the defenses have started to become that way too, because back in the day it was just like, well, let's just, um, we're going to do our defense and good luck beating us. And yep. then once somebody figured it out, oh well you're just going to lose your coordinator job you know Uh, exactly but now they're given multiple sets and they're you know showing showing blitz over here pulling back and you know sending it elsewhere there's a lot more zone blitzes and just different things like that and then plus just like even um what was it uh new england when they were playing philly with I think Romo is like I don't even know like what defense this is. This is something completely new, right? And it's like, right. you know, so it's starting to be like where these guys start doing more and more um, stuff. You know, it's just smarter minds going against smarter minds rather than just like let's let the players beat each other. It's like yeah. way more chess instead of checkers. And, and and I guess that's why I get mad about like
0: you you spend a lot of capital to get a Justin Fields, and then you go, you know what I think is going to work? A defensive coordinator as a head coach. And I'm just like, we, we're not going to get an offensive mind in here to, like, grab offensive guys that he knows around the league. Oh, this guy is really smart. He's going to be a great quarterbacks coach. Oh, this guy's smart. He's going to be a great offensive coordinator. Oh, my God, Justin Fields can run. Why don't we get like a? a great running backs coach to so just kind of just be like, Hey, like this is what running backs are going to be doing. Maybe you could do a little bit of this. Really. Nah, defensive court, nah. Whatever, you know, Uh here we go. The hard hitting questions Bill. How many beers deep is Romo when he first hits the booth? I mean, I know Tony personally, He's about eight in before he hits the booth. And that man is live and he's ready to go.
1: I mean, you know that they're dumbing him down for these broadcasts now. Like, they told him to stop, like, calling out plays and shit and calling out defenses, which, you know, probably people that are watching shows like this appreciate. Oh, yeah. But for the normal viewer, they're like, I don't know what he's talking about kind of thing. And they don't care, you know. I love that about Roma. Oh, totally. And I think most of us diehards appreciate that. But – Yeah, he's probably smoking weed and drinking beers beforehand just to kind of dumb it down for everybody. Yeah. Like
0: he's great. But uh going back to the original question, because goddamn, I went down a tangent. We didn't go down. I went down a tangent. Um at this
1: point, it's gotta be two of. And and this is (laughs) We just like, had this whole conversation on Fields. Well, uh, now
0: because we're... I had so much love for Fields coming out. Like, No, I, I, I'm
1: joking. Like, I yeah, was like, totally.
0: he's, he's going to be that dude. He's got all of the physical stuff you need. Yep. And, you know, Tua, I, I never thought Tua was bad from a talent perspective. I was more like, man, his injury history is... You know, it's not like, uh like he he like tore an ACL and then he came back and he was fine and he's never been injured because sometimes we make too much of a big deal about injury history. Oh, he tore his ACL once. All right, like it's it, it's the year twenty twenty three. Like you get over it. Like it, well, it's not it's the like
1: Devontae Adams had multiple concussions and multiple games in a row, and it's right. like nobody's talked about that in the last decade. You know, right. so.
0: we, we did the same thing with Keenan Allen for a while.
1: Yeah, Matt got, Stafford was injured Staff- prone his first two years.
0: I mean, we we could spend another injured. hour just going over those guys, all the yeah. guys that are always injured that aren't really always injured. But that's what worried me about Tua. But I, Tua did the opposite of what Chicago did. They they brought in a good offensive mind. They brought in offensive weapons. They've tried their damnedest on that offensive line. It hasn't always worked, but they they put <laughs> they put the resources into trying to make it a thing. So, like, at this point, I, I'm, it's, I, I think what you said is perfect. He may not be the quarterback next year. They have two first-round picks. They're both probably going to be high because, no offense, Carolina does not look like a good football team. Um, like They're going to have the ammo to either get the quarterback that they want or move up to get the quarterback that they want
1: this off season, they have to decide if they're going to pick up the fifth year option. Yeah. Right. Cause you do it before before their fourth season. Right. And so. Yeah. Like, yep. you're right. They'll That's have right. to decide that. And so this is a make or break year and it's like, okay, well, then do they try to just trade them? Like, um, you know, and somebody else hopes they can, can do something with them or, oh, you know what true. I mean? Like, cause you're not going to yeah. keep them and then draft a rookie. Are you?
0: I mean no I mean I, it would probably be like a, a draft day trade I would almost think kind of like what um
1: like what the Lions it, did with uh
0: Swift. Yeah yeah exactly or what the um what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen back in the day you know they drafted Kyler you know they pitched it pitched it they finally got a deal that they liked and they they shipped them out but I mean yeah at this point you're kind of in this position where you got a guy who's not who wasn't drafted by the current regime. No offense. Those guys are probably on the hot seat because now we're talking about two. You know, this is season number two. Didn't look good season number one. It is not looking too good season number two right now. And, you know, we're not talking about a guy who, you know, it's not like a like a Mike McCarthy who was a, a good coach somewhere else and is now coming in. Like this guy was a coordinator that they brought in. You know nowadays those guys aren't really getting long leashes, you know, they're not in there five, six, seven years and then getting right. getting the axe. You know, it's kind of like season two, season three, we're not doing this thing, all right? Get out and you know, we'll figure this thing out. So, yeah, I mean, we're both going to uh, um, it's crazy that I'm saying that because I've always been lower on Tua than I think most, but at this point, it's, it's just what it is, that's what the truth is.
1: Well, this kind of just leads to another question. It's like, does it make more sense to bet on a quarterback because of their talent or a quarterback that's in a system of a talented coach? Like Kirk Cousins, I could argue, isn't the most talented, right? Agreed. Yeah. But he's now in a system with – a. A really good offensive coach, yeah. um, Tua. Same thing, right? Like if you, I mean, Tua is good, and I, I always predicted Tua to be in that twelve to fifteen range mm-hmm. for fantasy, just because he's kind of felt like a game manager.
0: Right. Um,
1: he almost feels like a souped-up Jimmy Garoppolo to me. Um, the way he, I like that. Um. So like, and he has like incredible, you know, skill position players. So it's like it's one of those things as Jared Goff you know, another one, like he's, yep. he's mediocre um, in this grand scheme of things, but he's good enough with a really good coach. So like, it's interesting. Like, I almost wonder if sometimes, you know, situations so much more important, like, especially past the elite players, you know what I mean? You have the the elites of the elites. Of course. yeah. bet on those guys all the time, but then that next tier, I like, do you feel great about like like who's the guy that we feel is like a really talented guy that's not on a good offense? Like,
0: yeah, those guys don't. Yeah, they don't really exist.
1: So I it's mean, just just guy. It's either you're an elite guy, or you're right. a guy who's on an elite offense, but not necessarily an elite guy, right? Right. Like yeah. you're just a guy. So like. Just bet on the good offenses. Yeah, yeah, I, that's
0: a, that's a great point, point. and you know, kind of goes back to something I, I said a little Kyler bit. Tyler, but... maybe
1: he was the closest to like, yeah. like an elite fantasy guy that wasn't on a good offense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm just like trying to go through it all in my head, and there's, yeah, you're not really talking about. Yeah, Kyler might be the only. Guy, and that's it. And who knows? Uh, you know, if, if the Cardinals can lock up the first pick, Kyler may be <laughs> on a good or offense. Else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but this kind of brings me, you know, it brings me back to what I was talking about with, uh, with Justin Fields because we saw this happen in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, too. I mean, the first year was the urban year. Everybody figured out that was a big mistake, real quick. <laughs> but then, year two, they bring in. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, you know, year three, and I know it was like kind of during the season of season two, but year three, because he could finally play. You have Calvin Ridley. You know, they also brought in Zay Jones in that year two period. They really like, they, they bolstered those weapons for him. They really were like, okay, we don't have like NFL quality guys. All right, we're getting them in free agency. We're trading for them. You know, we're doing all this stuff to make him a thing and I, I think we have to look at good organizations too like organizations, yeah, they, gave him,
1: they gave him a good head coach
0: and they like, gave him a good head coach yeah agreed you know so we have to look at those things too where we're like you know i kind of understood why some people were like oh, we got to trade Trevor lawrence like they, they're not picking good coaches they're they're not bringing other talent around him to help him and then we saw during that offseason, all right, Irvin Meyer's gone. He he was not made for the NFL. Um, we're gonna bring in all these weapons, you know. They they've tried to do things on the offensive line as well to really make that offense like compatible with like what the NFL should be. And I think we have to look at that too, you know, like I, I thought Chicago was getting on that plan kind of with the DJ Moore trade, but they like they haven't figured out like we got to do stuff about this offensive
1: line <laughs> like we have so they to. drafted a tackle right in the first round yeah, the first so round. like i mean they they're trying um you know it's it's just that you hope that he improves enough to um uh, kind of counteract the you know the the d- development of the line you know yeah. like where he can at least kind of improve a bit so that the line doesn't look quite as bad, mm-hmm. um, but the processing. So, Oh, yeah,
0: and, and trust me, this is not all on just the way they've built that team. I mean, Justin has to take a lot of, a lot of that himself because, yeah, I mean, especially after seeing that clip too where like dude is wide open and we're
1: totally becoming a Justin Fields show. Like I swear to God, like we're talking about him. Like yeah. we talked about him like for 15 minutes last week, I think too.
0: Did we really? Oh my goodness! I think
1: so. So I apologize, right, we'll sh- but it's an interesting topic at this moment because
0: yeah, let, we could shift gears though. We we could talk about this trade that we got in the OG league. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before the show started, but well, we can get we can put at least five minutes onto this and just. See, I think we were kind of in agreement, but we got an offer um, from our man, Dynasty Beach Boy, and he wants to send us one George Kittle for David Montgomery and Pat Friar So Bill, I mentioned to you that uh, I think it was an episode where you weren't here. It was Drew and I. How I'm just kind of like, George Kittle is now, he might be the top end of it, but he's that like, he's in that mass of like seven to 17 when it comes to tight ends. Like top six, it's like, ooh, want the top six. Then after that, it's like, eh, they're all the same, you know. Sure, all of them are probably going to have a week where they blow up, but it's never going to be consistent and you're never know you're never going to know when it's going to happen so in that case how do you how do you feel about george kittle and how do you feel about this trade
1: so like i think that, you know i mentioned to you i think that people are starting to get a little nervous about kittle i've, I've seen a lot of offers recently uh, where people are offering kittle up um like I put Pickens on uh, trade bait in the league and somebody offered me Kittle for Pickens and something else. And um, I think people are just starting to like get a little nervous um, because he's blocking more, you know, they have, now they have two really good wide receivers plus elite running back. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot more um, weapons. And so they don't necessarily have to use him, uh, and I got to think, you know, he's always beaten up. So, like, I have to think his, his body's starting to um, break Ooh. down a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I actually put it into, like, a couple of the calculators, the DLF and the DTC. And they're actually – it's quite close, um, the offer, um, like, when you tally them up. I think the yeah. DLF is, like, 318 for Kittle and 331 for the package. Okay. Uh, DTC is 26.1 for Kittle and 28.2 for the package. Okay. You know, pretty close. Um, So according to those, it's fair. Um, Honestly, like I, I I like the upside of Kittle, like if he hits, but Mm -hmm. the problem is there's more and more games where he's not. And, and so like, I think that before you knew you were going to get like eight points or something out of him or, you know, like, whether it's three catches and 50 yards or something like that um, at a minimum. And then he still had his um, ceiling games where he was going to score three touchdowns, 140 yards and eight catches or whatever. And um, so I I just feel like Fryermuth isn't a ceiling guy, um, but um, you know, running backs are for our team in particular. (laughs) uh, We need the running backs at the moment. We, so like we can't really give up Montgomery. Um and uh I feel like selling Montgomery now is a bad decision just because yeah. Like it looks like he's gonna have a role regardless. Um, you know, I don't think Jameer's gonna be like we'll see this week when Jameer doesn't get all the touches and everybody freaks the fuck out. Um because he's not getting, you know, eighty percent of the touches. And that's just not gonna be Jameer's role. Um he's yeah. gonna get 40 to 60, um, just depending on probably the game. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't like the trade personally. I'd rather just hold on to Fryermuth. I mean, our team is in this weird position where I don't really feel like I want to add age to our team. Yeah. Like I would rather roll with the youth. Cause if we, if we add Kittle and he just doesn't do anything, we've kind of set our team back even further than where it is right now. So
0: I I agree with you. Um, like I said, I'm not, um, I wasn't a big um, Kittle supporter um, back then. And if you play in just a regular PPR, no tight end premium. George Kittle is currently tight end 26 on the season. Um, Some of the luminaries ahead of him, Gerald Everett, Tyler Conklin, and David and Those are the three tight ends ahead of him on the list right now. So, you know, and, and I think you highlighted a bunch of great points, so um I'm not going to re-highlight them, you know. They got two legit they got two legit wide receivers, a maybe the best running back in football. Like where does that leave you know George Kittle, especially in an offense where it's very much like Brock Purdy is going to get the open guy of the ball. And, and that's it. And I don't think there are very many times where he has to try to find the fourth option, which I think a lot of times is George Kittle. And listen, you can say he's more talented than that. And he's not, but that's what he is. It, you got your two wide receivers. You got Christian McCaffrey. Those are your top three receiving options most of the time. So um, yeah, like, I'm out on Kittle in pretty much all situations. Um, if you want to try to test my nerve, send me your George Kittle trades. <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't think you would accept what I would give to get George Kittle. So I wouldn't. It's not for the faint of heart. I'll put it that way. It's not for the faint of heart. But
1: I'm almost happy just to have him as my uh, tight end two, or 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 not even a, even a tight end one A and one B. Yeah. And just kind of, um, you know, kind of play the matchups.
0: For sure, for sure. So let let's we got a couple. We got a question here. I want to want to get to it. So this is from Rolling Loud Highlights. I like that name. I like the palm tree too. Um, he traded CMC and Puka for AJ Brown, Jacobs, and Brian Robinson. He's saying he lost Dobbins and Chubb, it was getting a little nervous. I get it. I asked him for some specifics. It's just a regular 10-team league, so I'm going to make the assumption that this is also a redraft league. Um, Yeah, you're not in that situation. You're not not seeing Chubb or Dobbins on your team again, at least for this season. Dynasty, it's a little bit different. Maybe you hold on because you want to see what they do next season. Redraft, they gone. You're not seeing them. So, You know, I love CMC (laughs) Um, for obvious good reason. And Puka has just been lightning in a bottle. You know, can it last? I don't know. But there's nothing to say that it's not going to last, Um, barring injury, obviously. So, you know, I don't know who your other wide receivers or, excuse me, your other running backs are. Um, but on its face, ah, gosh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I do it. I get it. And I don't think it's like bad, you know, cause he yes, is this a good trade? I don't think it's a bad trade, but you know, AJ Brown is kind of like the odd man out in Philly, which is so weird.
1: Um, well, I mean, I'm not too worried about him. Like, I'm not either. But I, I feel like I feel like this is a buy low, um, buy low on AJ Brown and Jacobs. So sure. like, like I get the thought. And if it's redraft, you got to make moves, man. Like you can't just have CMC and then like, yeah. you know, I don't know, like Craig Teddy Reynolds Gameball. or something, or <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like valuing Robinson highly because he's like a top five running back at the moment. Maybe that <laughs> that. Could be an issue. Like, I mean, this has got to be redraft because, like, I mean, I think that, I think otherwise, the value is really high on the AJ Brown side. Would you agree if it was dynasty?
0: Yeah, I mean, because you got to assume you got what, maybe two years left of CMC.
1: Yeah, AJ Brown's going to be worth more than him. He's worth more than him in startups, right? um, Puka, I mean. Puka for Jacobs and B-, B Rob, like I mean, you know what I mean. Like I, I could sure see some that
0: people would say, you, you know, the values on the Puka side. But I mean, we but, got two weeks.
1: But redraft, I think that I, yeah. I see why you do it, and I don't hate it. Like if you if, if you felt like you needed two running backs and you upgraded at wide receiver, like I mean, or did you? Like I, like that could be the question, right? Like right. for redraft, because Puka's sexy for redraft. Like I don't know if I'm going to bet on him long term. But like I don't know if um uh like it's is he gonna outscore AJ Brown this year? He very well could, right? Like he's already started that. So um but I don't mind getting out of Puka just in case uh Cup comes back. Like if Cup comes back week five, you're gonna be feeling a lot better about this trade because Puka's not gonna get seventeen and a half or twenty targets a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um Cup's gonna come and take, you know, half half of those targets. So um Wow. Well, I mean, if Listen. he comes back and that's a big if, but right. um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I don't hate it. Like, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, an all right trade. And if you felt like you needed to change it up and if you feel a little more secure having two running backs, cause you lost Dobbins and Chubb,
0: yeah. I'm
1: down for it, you know, and you, you just kind of moving stuff around you're upgrading that running back a bit. Um, You're probably your second running back. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fine with it either either way. I don't think it's awful one way or the other. Like, without all the information, all the other information, it's hard to say yay or nay. But I think the trade's reasonably even-ish.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think you actually, uh, Bill, you convinced me to be a little bit more um, bullish on the trade. So yeah, I'm not
1: going to say he won or lost or, or right, right. won or lost, but I, I think I, it's reasonable.
0: I think I was more in the lose and i put that in quote side of it you know not that it was terrible not that he got fleeced or anything but just but hearing you talk through it i think you make a lot of good points i think you've kind of shifted me more towards the yeah i get the trade you know it you know there's a lot of good to it um here you go let's throw this one up here too uh from our main man puff pass kick uh, i he told me over the weekend and he's curious what you think bill uh, he had a trade that uh, kind of this summer that coincides with the trade we were talking about in our league. Uh 12 team super flex, uh point and a half tight end premium. He got uh Fryermuth for Christian Kirk in and Fant. Um and there's a there's a two of two on here. Uh Tony Madison. Okay, so I think these are two two separate trades. trades. All right, okay, so, so the first go trade back to is first one. Friar Muth for Kirk and Fantasy.
1: Friarmouth gave up Kirk and Fant. I mean, Friarmouth was getting a lot of uh steam uh this offseason, so I get it. Like and you know, you had to think Kirk was gonna take a little bit of a hit just because of the um of Ridley coming. Um, yeah. so like Ridley's gonna play outside. I mean, Kirk is going to play pretty much slot once that happened. So he's going to have less routes um, than right. he did last year, uh, likely. So I don't hate it. Like fans, an interesting one. Like I've, I've kind of been adding him a bit because, you know, a lot of times these guys don't pop until their second contract and like his contract comes up, I think after this year. So yeah. like maybe, maybe he's on another team. That's not the team that likes to play uh three tight end sets. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um it's just a like maybe go somewhere like that wants to utilize their tight end uh Dallas. you know who that is i don't know but yeah, Dallas. like uh but yeah i mean I, I feel like that's a fine trade um in the summer um yeah. you know we're not real happy where uh Farmouth was is we're betting on uh pickett getting better oh god uh we haven't seen that yet so Uh, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't, he's not gonna be the quarterback long, and you just it's fine for dynasty for next year, you know? Yeah,
0: totally agree. And then there's a two of two here. Uh, had another trade this summer that was Tony and Madison for Kirk, Nico, and a 24 fourth half Stroud, So I like the stroud Nico stack. I'm sure you like it even more now. Uh, only other tight ends are uh, Jawan and Michael Mayer, DeJuan Taylor and Michael Mayer, uh, like the addition of a young solid tight end. Um, so, so. Thoughts. Okay. So,
1: so I think prior to that traded Tony and Madison for Kirk Nico in the twenty-four fourth. Is and then, that how it works? I'm kind of yeah. not really following this. Um, yeah, I like, this, I like Nico's, I mean, looking like a, a true uh, X, you know? So, like, he's been really uh, interesting. And, I mean, Stroud's way more aggressive than I, I gave him credit for. So, he's, uh, you know, I traded him away in one league. Uh, I think it was to Beach, actually. And I'm, started, <laughs> I'm sure he's uh, really happy about that. Um, so... Yeah, I like Adam Fryermouth. If you had uh Juwan and Mayer, I mean, Mayer could have been the bad, right? I heard a yeah. stat today on one of the podcasts that I was listening to where there's only one team that's targeting their tight ends at less than 10%, and it's the Raiders. Um so uh so basically turn Kirk into Fryermouth. Yeah, I don't hate that. I still don't hate that now, to be honest. No. Um, I, I yeah. think that's fine. So um yeah, um and a 1.5, uh, I'll take that. Um, I don't necessarily know that trade's going to either make or break your team, you know what I mean? So, I mean, Nico Nico could kind of make your team. I mean, that's probably the win in the whole trade, absolutely, actually. Yeah, like, like, but I mean, the uh, the net that uh, is right. saying turning Kirk into Friermuth. Yeah,
0: this is a great though, uh, flash for substance trade, like. Tony, Tony was getting a lot of hype because, obviously, it was like, all right, it's the Chiefs. He should be the number one because um, Sky Moore didn't do anything last year. Yeah, they drafted Rasheed Rice, but, like, nobody was really hyping him up. You know, only thing there is Travis Kelsey. And as we're starting to learn, that, it's probably the only thing they need. Um, and then Madison, obviously, big hype. Dalvin Cook is out of town. He's going to be that guy. They don't really bring in anything, you know, to challenge him. So, you know, trading that flash for kind of the substance of like Chris, Christian Kirk. Yeah, he had a great season. We expected it to go down, but we, you know, still expected the Jags to be a good offense. So, you know, there was a little bit of a dip and up. Nico, I think, was the upside where it's like, oh, if you can get the Texans receiver, you know, and we didn't know who that was before the season started. I bought a lot of John Mechie because he was cheap. And I was like, oh, maybe he's the guy. Because you know, it could have been Nico. It could have been him. It could have been Tank Dell. It could have been like yeah, so might be
1: Tank Dell. So it might
0: be Tank Dell, you know. Um, and then the fourth is whatever. But yeah, um, love kind of the way you went about this in the uh the net. We got one more on the way out. Let's grab this one from Ventro. Uh, should I trade Zay Flowers for D Hop?
1: Um, obviously not dynasties. This has got to be a redraft. Um, yeah. um, I don't know <laughs> the answer to this. Um, probably. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, probably like, I feel more comfortable that Hopkins is when he's playing is going to command more targets than flowers. I think flowers can command a lot of targets, but I think it's gonna be hit or miss depending on the game. And so I think Hopkins is definitely going to be the guy that, um, you know, when he's out there is going to get close to double digit targets. So yeah, I feel pretty, um, okay with that trade for a redraft.
0: Yeah. And we talked, we talked about this last week, you know, Zay flowers ball that week one, but that was obviously minus Mark Andrews. Um, and, you know, week two was kind of the big test. Like, what what was going to happen? Like, the, is he still that dude or is it more byproduct of, hey, when when Mark Andrews is injured, yeah, go get yourself, some, you know, some Zay Flowers and, and put him in the lineup. But, you know, and obviously one week does not make a career. I'm not trying to say that at all. But, you know, it's almost kind of like um, – like we just talked about with uh, Kansas city, you have Travis Kelsey and then sure. The other guys are going to get involved, but you know,
1: like I trust all the wide receivers with um, Baltimore before I do the wide receivers with uh, um, Kansas city. Would you agree with that? Also agree.
0: Um, My boy Sky Moore had a week though.
1: Yeah. But do you trust him?
0: Oh no, I don't I don't I don't trust anybody in any of these equations. Yeah, I mean uh Zay Flowers can probably garner the most trust just because um we've kind of seen him like kind of die he kind of dominated that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we haven't seen like Kadarius Tony. I mean, sure, he's gonna dominate one game this season, and when he does. Uh, spoiler alert! I'm going to tell you to trade him for first because he's the only guy in the league that every year he has a blow up game. You can trade him for first. Because I'm going to tell of, you to trade
1: him for a second.
0: I, I mean, sure, I say trade him for first because somebody's going to give you a first. He's the weirdest dude in NFL history. He has one blow up game a year, and you can get a first one. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, he's going to keep doing it.
1: Like, trade yesterday: Kadarius Tony and Kyron Williams for JSN.
0: Hey, people like losing. That's fine.
1: Jerome Ford and a first for Kadarius Tony in a fourth.
0: People like losing.
1: So you're right. I mean, you can get a first almost now for he. He is the weirdest player in
0: NFL history. He does nothing for ninety five percent of the season. One off game, you're getting a first for him. Every it's it's happened every year
1: since he's come into the league. Tony in a second for Carr in a third. Superflex. Yeah, yeah. People like losing. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. People like losing. That's all I can say. And then Kadarius Tony for Justin Ross in a fourth. Like it's like each. You know, he's we're going to so, try to figure
0: out who the guy is going to be on that team.
1: He's so all over the place. Yeah, like you can get him for a fucking cup of coffee, or you have to pay for, uh, you know, a Lambo. Yeah, and, and listen.
0: The, the, this can be another George Kittle. Send me all your Kadarius Tony trades and see if you can find a price low enough that I accept your trade. Because, because I have been anti-Kadarius Tony since day one. And every year he has the one game and all the people come, oh, you you hate on Kadarius Tony. Look at him now. And I'm like, yep. <coughs> And he's like, he's like, uh, Pucks of Tony Phil in my area. You're going to see him once a year. Then he's gonna stick his head right back underground and you ain't gonna see him for 365 more days. So um, but on that note, I think we can uh I think we have successfully done our duty. I think we I think we did a good job. It was uh it was good doing this with you, Bill. Obviously, um Drew um couldn't make Mystery. it this week. Um yeah. Definitely miss because um, we always have fun when it's the three of us. But, Bill, you and I, I think we I think we killed it. You can put this in the podcast Hall of Fame. Um, best podcast ever. Um, oh, here we go. Puff, puff Pass is always on point. Punk's a Tony. Yeah, that's what he is. You're going to see him once a year, maybe, and then go get that first. Get Listen, Bill, I hope you're on. Whatever we punks a Tony.
1: Shows comes up. out.
0: So you can just hear me say see his shadow. He saw his shadow. One good game. That's when he sees his shadow, he get one good game and then get that first. But um appreciate it, Bill. Love doing this with you. Thank you to the chat. You guys are awesome. You guys make it fun. And uh let's see, on that note,
1: I think we are. Out of here, late. late.